Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back to the Bama Online Podcast, a Friday night edition of the BOL Pod. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com. We actually have quite a few things to get into late on a Friday night. We've got high school football in full swing. Hopefully you got out and supported the young folks Tonight, maybe you got out last night, Thursday night. It's almost become a week-long affair when the high school game kicks in, and there's really nothing like high school football because it's accessible by everyone, by parents, by students, by student-athletes, by the band, by the cheerleaders, the majorettes, the booster clubs, you name it. Everyone gets a piece of it at the high school level. So we'll talk some high school football here on the pod, and we'll also go through some practice highlights from UA's final workout before Saturday's scrimmage at Bryant-Denny Stadium, the second and final preseason scrimmage for Nick Saban's team before looking ahead to that season opener against the defending Mountain West Conference champion, Aggies of Utah State. We'll also talk some quarterback situations where some opponents on Alabama's 2022 schedule is concerned. You've got some situations that appear to be clearing up, and then you still have some battles ongoing with an emphasis on the SEC West. When you look at it from the Alabama perspective and the SEC West, you're talking about four opponents for the upcoming season that are trying to sort through some things at the most important position on the field. Heck, if you want to throw Texas in there as an SEC Western Division opponent at this point, I guess you could go ahead and do that as well. So we'll talk about that before we get out of here on a Friday night in addition to everything else. But again, a big night for high school football. I know from the vantage point of Alabama fans, a lot of folks glued to that Buford-Thompson matchup over in the state of Georgia. What a performance by Justice Haynes. The Alabama commitment from Buford High School stepping up in competition this year at Buford. Made the move to Buford in the offseason. I'd say he handled it pretty well. Showed it all in that win, blowout win over Thompson, one of the best programs in the Southeast, if not the country. But Haynes with the agility, with the speed, with the power, doing it on offense, returning a kickoff 96 yards for a touchdown. It was the Justice Haynes show on Friday night, and I know that sat extremely well with Alabama fans who are becoming more and more accustomed to that Buford pipeline. A Buford program's been good to Alabama. Go back to Dylan Lee, some of those guys. Moving forward, Isaiah Bond, Jake Pope here most recently coming over from Buford, and it doesn't look to be slowing down anytime soon. Thompson, too. Thompson been absolutely, absolutely good to Alabama in the past, and that's not stopping, as we know, when you look at the Alabama commitment list for the 2023 cycle, and you look at the very top of it, as a matter of fact, and you're going to see the Thompson influence moving on. I went out. And I happened to catch 
a future quarterback target for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Now, certainly you follow our recruiting coverage there at BOL, so you already know that Colin Hurley, a 2025 quarterback, has reportedly, by our folks, Hank South, Tim Watts, secured an early offer from Nick Saban for the 2025 cycle. He's just a sophomore, Colin Hurley of Trinity Christian Academy there in Northeast Florida. Got to check him out on Friday night. Very advanced for a sophomore, obviously, both physically and in terms of how he carries himself. You look at his jersey number, you look at his skill set, hard not to think about a young Jalen Hurts. And like Hurts, Hurley, good stuff from the red zone, off zone read and running the football, getting into the end zone. Made some very nice throws while extending plays as well, including a dime that set up a touchdown run of his own from six yards out. Now, I don't know about you. You always, right, worry about the weather this time of year when you head to the the high school games. And you almost feel fortunate if there isn't a delay of some kind. There was thunder in the distance on Friday night at about kickoff, but not close enough for a stoppage in play. Unfortunately, though, injuries, as we know, all too common early in the season. And I saw a non-contact injury on Friday night that that was a first for me. Very unfortunate. Certainly hope the young man is going to be okay I think he is but you just you're paying for him you hurt for him because you just never know at the high school level when a player's last game might be you know we equate it with senior night we all love senior night for these high school players especially because for the vast majority of them this is it that's it but you know we don't remember that there are plenty of other players because of injury, they don't get to play on senior night. You know, unknowingly, their careers come to an end as a result of an injury. And I think I may have seen one of those tonight. I hope I didn't. I hope that's not the case. But in this particular instance, you had a lineman who was doubling as the kicker for one of the teams involved. And he sustained what appeared to be, anyway, just a significant lower extremity injury while kicking off. Now, I've seen non-contact injuries, again, just making cuts and trying to plant and things like that. Hadn't seen one in the act of kicking off, but that was a first for me on Friday night. No one around him. Uh, But between the kick itself and maybe his next step or so, he just went down. An ambulance was summoned. Really tough to see. And again, we think about the end of high school careers and for so many of these young people, the end of their football careers in general. And we don't think about that it can happen at any time. So we certainly, again, hope that wasn't the case, but uh, didn't look good. With that, how about a little Friday practice highlights watch along just for giggles or maybe Maybe a little bit more serious than that. We haven't done one in a minute, so what the heck, right? And with a scrimmage on tap Saturday at Bryant-Denny Stadium, shorts and helmets for Alabama during Friday's workout, you're not going to go full pads on the eve of a final scrimmage of the preseason, or really any scrimmage. If you remember going into scrimmage number one a week ago, Alabama with a very similar approach on the Friday before the Saturday scrimmage. So, All right, 
you want to access in doing this, if you want to watch along with me, you want to access the official footage from UA. I put it in the thread for these on the roundtable. So if you're seeing this podcast, if you go down the thread a little bit, the very next post or so, you should see the YouTube video. Charlie Potter does an outstanding job for us, of course, getting the video and the pictures as we get them from UA from workouts up on the website. But you'll see the video there. And what I'm going to do now is I'll count it down from three. And when we get to play, hit play. And then we'll work through some of these practice highlights that we have from Friday's workout at the Capstone. So you're ready? All right. Here we go. In three, two, one, hit play. And off we go. We mix it up a little bit. We get the defensive lineman to open this time. We see DJ Dale. We see Tim Keenan. We see John Marion Latham, Monkel Goodwine, Curtis Perry. And that appears to be Isaiah Hastings as well, the true freshman who had missed some time early in camp wearing number 99. And, of course, another another look at Jaheim Otis. There is Anquan, Anquan Barnes as well. And really, just lineman after lineman, it really underscores how much depth, albeit a large bit of it unproven, Alabama has when it comes to five-tech defensive ends and nose tackle types. I think the number right now is 13 scholarship defensive linemen. That's not talking about Jack linebackers. I know you could maybe go there if you wanted to. The Jacks are outside linebackers, so we list them with the linebackers. But just in terms of defensive end and nose tackle types, Alabama into the mid-teens where scholarship options are concerned. Now, we also see some wide receivers in one of these clips getting ready, getting loose there on Friday. Ja'Cory Brooks, Christian Leary, Treshawn Holden, Kobe Prentice. Big scrimmage coming up on Saturday for some of those guys. I'm thinking mostly of Holden when I say that because it appears right now he has a very real opportunity with JoJo Earl out, with Aaron Anderson out, to be the top choice inside in 11 personnel. Perhaps we're looking at a trio that includes Jermaine Burton, Ja'Cory Brooks, and perhaps Holden there. So important for Holden to follow up what appears to have been a strong stretch with a strong performance during Saturday's scrimmage. Now, we also get into some of the running backs here. Jameer Gibbs, Jamarian Miller, Jace McClellan, Roydell Williams. Roydell Williams, these days, he's in that Roy Upchurch number 5 jersey. We'll get into some more of the running backs here in just a little bit. There's Will Anderson. He's in that familiar shoulder harness on the right side. Maybe I need to start wearing one of those shoulder harnesses. Maybe if make me as dynamic as will i can get one of those uh via amazon prime also see chris braswell you know you're thinking about braswell this is the kind of guy that no one hardly talks about throughout the course of a season and then you look up 12 13 14 maybe 15 games in and there he is with double digit sacks you think it could be that kind of year 
for Chris Braswell because so much of the focus is on Will Anderson and Dallas Turner that in those situational packages and as a pass rusher primarily, Braswell could have that kind of year, not only because he just isn't talked about as much, but because the focus even from an opposing perspective, is largely about Will Anderson. And you've got a guy on the other side that's very capable of causing problems in the pass rush in his own right. And now we get to, I guess we're at about the 105 mark. That's where I am anyway. Start and stop as needed here. There's your obligatory Bryce Young Bama Jacks clip right there at the 105 mark. With the future in mind as much as the backup job to Bryce Young, by the way, I think it's a big scrimmage for guys like Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson on Saturday as well. Yes, you want to be the guy that secures that number two spot, but you're also thinking big picture at this point if you're Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson, because when you consider a succession plan that would seem almost certain for 2023, these are the practices, these are the prime opportunities that you're going to get to establish a favorable impression on Nick Saban and that Alabama coaching staff. So not just important in terms of staking a claim to the number two spot, but staking an early claim perhaps to a leading role where the race to succeeding Bryce Young is concerned in the not-too-distant future. We've also got some DBs we're seeing here in the footage, DeMarco Hellams. You love the new nickname. I personally like seeing him move well more than anything else, especially after the issues health-wise from a year ago. We get some Brian Branch, some Terry and Arnold. Terry Arnold really becoming a story of this fall camp at the cornerback position. We see Malachi Moore. We see Devontae Smith. We see Christian Story. Um, you know, we see some of the younger defensive backs in there. We don't see Jordan Battle in Friday's practice footage. And what I will say is if there's something more specific to know there, I'm sure we're going to hear it from Nick Saban post-scrimmage on Saturday. But If Jordan Battle doesn't go on Saturday, it is a chance to rep guys like Branch and Moore in there with the ones at safety, and perhaps you get some trickle-down effect where sub-rolls are concerned. Maybe a Jaquez Robinson gets some burn at star with the ones, and you work more and or Branch there at money. Uh, You know, it's a good time, really, to work on some O bleep rolls, I guess we could say oblique scenarios with actually being in oblique scenarios. So depth at safety, no doubt, is a strength for this Alabama team, but obviously you're better with Jordan Battle in there. At the 134 mark, we see some more wide receiver work. There's Jermaine Burton leading the way. Looks like the downhill slalom that they're working on there with the flags, but it's actual route running 101 during individual drills. Perhaps not quite polished yet, but you can see the twitch in some of the young guys like Emmanuel Henderson, who's an interesting story because we've seen him with the running backs in camp. We've seen him with the wide receivers. We had heard during his recruitment, Tim Watts, Hank South, had reminded us time and time again that, yes, in a lot of places, he's considered to be the top running back prospect for the 2022 cycle, but 
This is an athlete type that can play a number of different positions. So we see Emmanuel Henderson with the wide receivers. We also see Isaiah Bond. When you want to talk about Twitch, yeah, I think it qualifies where he's concerned. You know, you take for granted with these young guys that they're just going to jump into these kind of drills and excel, and really that's seldom the case. Some of these young wide receivers – now, some do have a knack for footwork and precision where routes are concerned, but far more often, they do not. That's why you can see in the video or in some of these videos, the young guys are actually trying to think their way through it. It doesn't come second nature to them yet. That's the ultimate goal where it looks more like what you see from Jermaine Burton. Now, if you want to talk about all-timers for these kind of drills – uh, Jerry Judy, Calvin Ridley, those are coaching tape. That's that's the guys that if you want to put it up on the screen and say this is the way we want the drill to look, those are the guys that you would do that with where this type of work is concerned. But again, I'd guess more than half of these young wide receivers haven't spent time on this kind of stuff in high school unless they worked with someone privately. And even more of that, at that level was likely based on just speed and agility enhancement, whereas this drill incorporates that too, but the aim of this is to build a foundation in muscle memory and attention to detail. Just being more physically gifted than the other guy in high school would get you open. That's not going to be enough in a league like the SEC. As we move along here, there is Nick Saban without sunglasses, I'm guessing maybe he's been cleared, or maybe not. We also get a glimpse of Kendrick Blackshire there in the background, who, by the way, is still shredded. There's an interesting depth situation at inside linebacker to consider going into this second scrimmage too, right? With Blackshire, Deontay Lawson, Ian Jackson, newcomers Jihad Campbell, Sean Murphy in that mix, and Still sounds like there's a very real competition at the spot opposite Henry Toa Toa that's going on with Deontay Lawson in there pushing Jalen Moody for that weak side position. You know, I was considering a possibility a day or so ago. It probably won't happen. But if you needed to or you wanted to or if it was just the best thing to do for your defense, you could get very situational at inside linebacker with Toa Toa and Jalen Moody and the base and nickel. And then maybe you bring in Lawson in the dime as the Mac. Again, I would think Toa Toa would be the every down guy, especially when you take the signal caller aspect into account. But I hearken back to 2010 when I see that number 32 and I think about C.J. Mosley and how he impacted things in the dime as a true freshman back then. You remember Mosley had the interception against Florida in Tuscaloosa in that 2010 regular season. And then, of course, we know what happened a week later. Before This was before the ill-fated trip to South Carolina. We don't need to go back into that, do we? At the 220 mark, we get into some quarterback footage. We see Bryce Young, and we see walk-on freshman Cade Carruth, who is another legacy of sorts at the position, on the heels of Paul Tyson and Braxton Barker. Cade's uncle, of course, Paul Ott, was a very good running back for Alabama in the first half of the 1980s. 
Then we get into about the 247 mark. We get running backs working bags while also emphasizing ball security. Maximum efficiency where practice reps are concerned right here with Rob Gillespie and his guys. You could probably thank the 20-hour rule for some of this. Before that, you could go three, three and a half hours. You can't do that anymore. You got to get in. You got to get out. You got to be efficient in each and every drill. And really, you're seeing coaches around college football. It seems like they're getting more and more creative with this stuff. Just in the last day or so, I saw what appeared to be an FSU, Florida State staff member. It was a social media post. And the video, he was shooting a squirt gun, like a super soaker, at a returner while the returner was catching punts. Whatever works. I guess, and goodness knows the Seminoles need something to start working really soon, especially with a season opener against LSU in New Orleans. We transition into some offensive line work. We see Terrence Ferguson continuing to improve and uh, evolve as a young interior offensive lineman for Alabama. There's Emil Echior. Both these guys are working with those bands. I'm guessing those bands are in relation to trying to maintain good balance and posture and perhaps dissuading these big guys from bending at the waist. You don't like the waist benders as much at the offensive line position. Uh, he's working the other side of the drill, but it's good to see James Brockermeyer out there. We didn't see him in the 8A game. And then finally, we get into some defensive linemen here in the Friday practice footage. There's Anquin Barnes, Jamil Burroughs, working technique with some hand placement, stack and shed mixed in. And again, still some roles that are up for grabs at those interior positions specifically. Some of that plays into the base defense. We just don't see hardly any base defense anymore. So it's mostly nickel. And you'll still play a five tech in the nickel. But with what Alabama has at outside linebacker, You expect to see Will Anderson and Dallas Turner on the field a lot, perhaps even some of that involving Chris Braswell as well. So reps that are precious enough for defensive ends and nose tackles these days have become even more precious with more and more defenses looking to become more dynamic where the edges are concerned and willing to give up some bulk to have more athleticism and speed on the field. So, as we talked about earlier on in the podcast, some quarterback related news elsewhere where Alabama opponents are concerned. You got battles going on in the SEC West at Texas A&M where Max Johnson and Haynes King and Connor Wiegman, probably not as much Wiegman at this point, but very talented true freshman who I have no doubt is the future of the quarterback position there in College Station. Ole Miss with Jackson Dart coming in from USC and Luke Altmeyer back from a year ago. Auburn with the transfer situation. TJ Finley, is he separating from that group over on the Plains? And then maybe LSU, although a little bit of a surprise, I guess. Um, Miles Brennan leaving the program here in the last week or so. Jaden Daniels may be the last guy standing for now anyway. You got Garrett Nussmeyer still in that mix, but 
He's dealt with a minor injury, but looks like he's back in the mix to go along with Walker Howard, a promising true freshman. And um, so the two Tigers, I think, are maybe most interesting, but also where you may be seeing the most separation right now as far as projecting a starter for both those teams, at least to open the season. So when you think about it, how about this? Two former LSU quarterbacks, Max Johnson, TJ Finley, might very well start for two other SEC West teams in Texas A&M and Auburn, respectively. You also have the possibility that a former A&M quarterback, Zach Calzada, could start for another SEC West team in Auburn. Now, also of note, we mentioned Texas, by extension, basically has the feel of an SEC West opponent for the upcoming season on the Alabama schedule. We did hear in the last couple of days from Steve Sarkeesian that Quinn Ewers has been named the starter for the season opener over Hudson Card there in Austin. Interesting that Terry Bowden's kind of in the middle of all this between Alabama and Texas and that anticipated matchup on September the 10th because Terry Bowden and ULM go to Austin to open the season against Texas on September the 3rd. And then the week after, Alabama goes to Austin to take on Texas. It's ULM that visits Tuscaloosa. Just Terry everywhere. Terry, Terry, Terry. How about that? Now, you've had a couple of uh, you've had a couple of significant injuries for this Texas offense recently, and you've also, of course, had the suspension of a former UA wide receiver who made the move to Texas in a Jai Hall. But Bijan Robinson at the running back position, Xavier Worthy at the wide receiver position, the key skill pieces remain in place around yours at this point biggest question remains for me anyway will the longhorns be able to hold up up front on both sides of the ball now that that to me is is where the the biggest deficiencies for texas might show up on september 10th might not quite still be to that point in the trenches where they can compete down in and down out with a program like Alabama. So a lot of quarterback stuff around the Alabama schedule to get into. We've addressed some of that. We'll see if Texas can hold up from a depth perspective and also up front on the lines of scrimmage. I can tell you, we're holding up just fine at BamaOnline.com. So be sure to join us. For all things related to the Alabama Crimson Tide, the Roundtable, our premium message board there at BOL, we're especially proud of. Great place to post up, hang out with Alabama fans, really from different spots all over the globe, right there on the Roundtable, right there at BamaOnline.com. Also, if you haven't subscribed to the Bama Online pod, we hope you'll consider doing that right now, simple as a click or two, and if you leave us a rating and a review, we would appreciate that as well. As always, we've got recruiting news rolling almost on a daily basis. We're going to give you everything we can from Saturday's scrimmage at Bryant-Denny Stadium. You're going to hear from Nick Saban post-scrimmage. Charlie Potter, Kirk McNair going to do a great job with that. And, of course, from the recruiting perspective, Tim Watts, site publisher, and Hank South hooking you up in that regard 
as well. Travis Ryer, thanking you once again for joining us on a Friday night edition of the Bama Online Pod. Until next time, so long, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.